Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, she is an ISL champion from 2020, and in match number two of season three, she won her first two ISL victories in the 50 and 100 back. Today, we are sitting down with Sheridan Dressel. Sheridan, how's it Hello. going? It's going good. I'm definitely excited to have this opportunity. And we were just talking about how how quickly the season has gone by. I mean, I feel like I was just in Budapest in season two of ISL, and now we're already fast forward here in season three. It's it's crazy how fast the time goes, but I couldn't be more excited to be back with the Condors and back at it with uh, season three of ISL. So we're here, we're ready to go, and I'm, I'm looking forward to what's coming up next in this next few meets. a little peek inside what it's like to be in Naples, Italy for season three. Um, you were saying you've already been there for three weeks now and uh, you hit these little time warps of the, the, the week will start pretty slow and, and then the match comes and all of a sudden it's like, okay, week done. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy because you're in this environment where everything is so fast paced. I mean, from the meets, it's, it's two days where you kind of just hit the water, you swim back to back to back. And then you go back at it the next day and then you get right back into training. And it's like the days will start to go by really slow leading up to the match. And then you hit the match and it's over in like two seconds. It's like, where did that time go? And, you know, we were talking about how it's a four week, you know, chunk and we're already halfway through that. And I'm looking back like, man, I feel like I just got here, but at the same time leading up to matches one and two, it's, it is a time warp. You, you kind of get stuck in this cycle, but it's, it's fun being with the whole team, being in an environment where you're kind of leaning on each other to keep that motivation going, to, to keep pushing for the next few matches. Cause it is a lot of swimming condensed into what, three or four weeks and Budapest, we had six weeks, but it was, it felt like 20 matches were just all jams packing backed into one, but you know, you had the team to rely on. Everyone's kind of in the same boat and you get used to having the fast paced matches back to back, especially coming from college season, uh, going into the first season of ISL. I had no idea what to expect, but after that first match, I was like, well, you know, I'm kind of used to this, like having dual meets against college teams pretty much every week you get into this rhythm and you get just so absorbed into the energy of the meets that it doesn't feel much different than a college dual meet. It's just way more intense, (laughs) but it's, it's still fun. I mean, regardless of, of how tired your body gets, how exhausted you may feel. Like you just got to understand that everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's there to compete and race. And at the end of the day, it's just the excitement and the energy of the whole ISL field that just builds you up and kind of keeps you going. Yeah. I mean, the, that, that, uh, that, that first match, match number two that we saw Callie and, and yourself compete in, I mean, you, you came out blazing 50 back hundred back, you're in the, you're in the 50 backstroke skins as well. I mean, and, uh, and you let off the second place medley relay. Um, so it, it was really exciting to watch. Do you feel like you were, uh, you prepared in a different way heading into this season, as opposed to the Budapest bubble? To be honest, I did not <laughs> mean to do like, I was not expecting first place. I was not expecting to be in the skins. I didn't really have much expectation going into season two because 
coming off a trial, as you know, everyone's kind of in a different place. That's that was the big thing about coming into season three. Sorry, was everyone was coming off the, the Olympics or a different meet, you know, trials. And so everyone's kind of all over the place. So there was not much expectation there. But our coaches, you know, kind of sent us a group message saying, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're all over the place. We're all here to race and compete and we're going to handle it like professionals. And I think our team did a really good job about that, um, just handling it the best we could and kind of adapting to whatever situation. I mean, everyone was literally all over the place. And I think that's what made the first or the second match for us so fun is because we didn't really have that that pressure or expectation. You know, as a team, we were just like, screw it. Let's have fun. Let's let's race. You know, we obviously have a big target on our backs and that's a good thing, though. I mean, regardless if, if I had a, a good meet or a bad meet, I, I was going to have fun and I was going to take something away from that. And winning the 50 back and then winning the 100 back, I was like, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I just had fun racing and I, I didn't really put too much pressure on myself. I was like, I just wanted to stand up and do do what I could for the team, honestly. Um, but mentally or physically, maybe maybe both, maybe neither. Um did you feel like you had a better idea of, of how to prep heading into this season, just having last season under your belt? Yeah, I definitely felt like I had a bit of an advantage over last season because last season coming in, I was the rookie. I felt like, man, I really don't want to let anyone down. I don't want them to regret picking me. And so I, I felt like a little bit more stressed. Whereas this year I was coming in with a different attitude, more of like, I just want to do what I can for the team in the same sense, but also I want to set a good example for the new new swimmers coming in, regardless if they're older or younger than me. Like I want to be as much of a leader and an example as I can. And the fact that I've been through it, like I want to help my teammates as much as possible, whether that be like setting an example in the pool or talking to them before a race. I mean, there was, there was a lot of people with, with different attitudes going in, um, just like they didn't know what to expect. They're like, man, I haven't swam or I have been swimming and I just don't know where I'm going to be at. And I was like, that's the fun thing about ISL is there's so many different talents, so many people at, at different places in their swimming career, but somehow everyone gets up and they still race. They still compete. They go head to head and it's super fun to watch. It's super fun to be in that environment. And, you know, I think that's what made the last year's match so great. And, I think that's why we're so great coming into this one is we're all kind of watching each other, feeding off of each other's energy. Like whether you haven't swam for two weeks or two days, it doesn't really matter. Like everyone seemed to get up and have fun. If the, if the race was bad, we all kind of laugh about it. And we're like, it's okay if you have a bad race, you know, there's a mentality that we have in the condor team um, to be a goldfish, you know, no matter how the race goes, you're going to forget about it and move on to the next one. Cause whether you move on or not, the meat's going to keep going. So you can either dwell on that race and let it affect your next swim, or you can move on reset and have fun and try to make those changes that you need to go forward. It, that seems like a, an easy mentality to have in, in theory. And it seems like a, a very hard one to have in practice. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, uh, do, do you find yourself, does, does it just take repetition to kind of get that mentality down and, and perfect the, <laughs> the three second memory? The goldfish mentality. I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, I, I definitely, you're allowed to feel the emotion after a good or bad race. I mean, I'm not saying if you have a good swim, you can't celebrate, you can't be happy for yourself. 
but it's just, you kind of have to reset and refocus, but especially after a bad race, you know, it's kind of hard not to pity yourself or feel sorry, but when you look around and you see 30 of your teammates standing around, you, you don't want to give off that energy. Like oh, I had a bad swim. I'm going to feel sorry for myself. Like, no, that's, that's kind of selfish. In my opinion, you gotta, you gotta suck it up. You gotta do what you need to do to move on, get behind your team and prepare for the next thing. Cause like I said, the meat's going to keep going, whether you move on or not. So it's kind of easier if you just put yourself in the mindset that, okay, it's not just about me. It's more about my team. Like, what can I do to better myself so that I can be better for the team? And, and then I'm always curious about this one. How do you reset and, uh, and regroup between matches? Because there's only, sometimes you have five days. Sometimes you have three days. I think at one point you'll have like nine days or, you know, a, a, a bit over, you have a week off. Um, so what did you do between match one and two? You know, what does training look like between then? Honestly, there's not much of like a, there's not like one or two things that we do specifically, but going into training every day, I think we've done something stupid or silly to like get that fun energy back. I think we're de- we do such a good job about incorporating the lighthearted energy of things because if you're having fun, you're going to swim fast. I mean, it might not be as fast as you expect, but you're going to feel a lot better about yourself if you're smiling, if you're laughing. And I think one of our coaches actually brought up that the more fun you're having, the less pain you feel. So we made it a thing to like make a joke while we're on the bus on the way to a meet to like make a joke. Everyone laughs and they're like, oh, we're not going to feel any pain. Obviously, that's not true. But, you know, it's just like kind of enjoying the moment, absorbing every little positive thing that you can, because you really do feed off of each other's energy during these meets. I mean, you can't zone in too much on the physical uh, feeling because it's just a feeling like if you feel terrible during a race, you can still go fast. So I think just having a positive mentality really helps us refocus. Honestly. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw the videos of us jumping with the big medicine balls into the pool. Like we just, we get goofy during practices. I mean, we try to make it as fun as possible because at the end of the day, it's just swimming and we're here to have a good time with the team and race. And, you know, the training that we've put in is going to pay off, but I'm more about enjoying the moment and kind of resetting with a positive mentality rather than trying to do little physical things that are going to make my body feel better. I was like, racing is going to hurt no matter what at the end of the day, but if I'm in a good mood, it's going to make it a lot more enjoyable. That seems like a great attitude. (laughs) Uh, but, but let's talk about the physical pain. Are, are you someone who, who does the, uh, Greg Troy 70 K weeks, especially during this ISL season? Like what that, that, that's what I'm always curious about is, is how are you staying in shape and, and how are you managing the ups or the downs of, of training or resting or, and, and still racing fast? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of putting a lot of trust in my coaches and in my training, you know, you, you train for months and months and months, and it usually leads up to one one moment at the end of the year, but it's, you got to kind of think back to you've put in all the work already, you know, you've come in day in, day out, trained your hardest. And that's where the confidence comes from is, you know, you've put in that work during training and no matter what the result is, you can kind of have that reassurance knowing that, okay, I did what I could, I did my best and it either happens or it doesn't, but you know, it's, you can't really overthink that. It's kind of just trusting in your coaches trusting what they're giving you, but also communicating with them. You know, every coach isn't going to be right in the training that they give you, but I've worked with coach Troy for so long now that 
I've kind of gotten used to the training. I've, I've understood how I train a little bit better and I've trusted in him knowing that, you know, I'm going to give my best and he's going to do the same for me. So it's definitely about communicating and trusting in yourself and trusting in your training. Cause I think that leading up to ISL, like I know that I put in a lot of yardage and a lot of preparation. So it's like, I'm as prepared as I'm going to be. So now I'm just going to have fun and race. Are you someone who does well uh, in, in the midst of high volume training? Or are you someone who uh, is, is a little more sprint oriented? I mean, do you do both? I, I mean, I'd like to think that I'm more sprint oriented, but I definitely do train above my events. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of different. Like I wouldn't, I would call myself a sprinter, but I definitely train a little bit higher than most sprinters would, but I like that. I like to know that I'm putting in a little bit more just so if I am in the middle of a race and I start to feel myself dying, I'm like, you know what, (laughs) this is no different than if I was at the end of a practice trying to sprint a 50, you know, it's kind of training definitely builds confidence for me. And as far as racing well during training, I think when you don't have that pressure or that expectation, you tend to go fast. So that's the kind of mentality I'm trying to transfer over into these meets. Like we're not tapered, we're not rested we're pretty much in the middle of training. So it's like, there's not as much pressure or expectation. Cause it's like, we're just here to race, you know, whatever happens happens, but we're going to collect that information of how we do here. And we're going to use that moving forward. So you, you, you train above your events. This seems like a, a, a Dressel theme. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> yes. So, so I, I, I want to ask a little mm-hmm. bit about um, your swimming history, just because I know you are the youngest sibling, obviously, Caleb is your older brother. Then you have two older siblings as well who swam. Did, did, did you fall into swimming just because your siblings were doing it? Oh, absolutely. I was the fourth kid. So, you know, my parents needed to find a sport where all four of us could be together and kind of be in the same place at the same time. So when you're the fourth kid, the youngest, the baby of four, you kind of just follow what your older siblings do. Um, but luckily I, I love the sport. I still love it. And I don't really see myself doing anything else. I always say that I didn't really choose swimming, but swimming chose me. And I kind of thank my parents for putting me in it because I'm not too good at much else. I I know we we put out an article um, after you won those first two ISL events, just kind of highlighting the the fact that that you did get your first victories. And then also we, um, we put some, some of your yards times in from, your high school bests, and then your progression throughout college. And according to the times, at least, it seems like you really came into your own as you kept going. Um, yeah. did you, did, did, do you feel like that was the case? Like that was the progression you, you, you kept on blooming and blooming as you got later into your career? Yeah, absolutely. I think year by year, I tend to, to kind of make, it's not even that I make changes. It's just something with my confidence, something that kind of clicks in my mind that, okay, I can do this. I'm, I'm getting a little better. And it's, it's definitely a progression that I've watched over the years and I don't really mean to do anything. It's not like I'm, I intend to go faster year by year. Like if I could have gone those times back in high school, great, but you know, it's kind of cool to look back and see where I was and how far I've come. It's almost like reassuring knowing that what I'm doing is paying off. You know, you still got a little bit left because 
even now, like I, I had a conversation with uh, Jason Lezak and before season three of ISL started, he's like, you know, what, where do you, where are you at? Where do you think you could go? And without hesitation, I was like, I know with all of my heart that I can go faster. Like, I'm not promising that's going to happen right off the bat, but just know that like, I know that there's still so much left that I haven't really tapped into, but that's the exciting thing about swimming is like, there's always new things to discover about no matter how you train or how you race, you kind of surprise yourself as you go. And that's what I love about looking back at my old time, seeing where I'm at now. It's almost like a, it's a big confidence boost. It's like, okay, I'm going in the right direction. Like I'm, I'm heading to where I want to be. And there's still a lot of untapped potential that I'm, I'm figuring out. And I'm really excited to see where these next few matches take me. The, I, I'm asking this because I'm also the baby of my family. <laughs> so I know, so I know what it's like, uh, to, to follow in those older siblings footsteps. Yeah. Um, so were was swimming always something you were very passionate about? Um, because again, you were, you, you got started in it just by following. And so mm-hmm. was there a point, um, where, where you kind of felt a shift or, or where you were like, this is, I I've really developed my own relationship with the sport outside of just doing it because my siblings are doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it kind of happened in high school. I would say I had a a bunch of hobbies, like growing up, I would kind of half and half go to swimming and then half and half go with things that I like to do outside of swimming. But it got to the point where I realized like, okay, I want to take this seriously. I want to really put my all into swimming and I can still do other things outside of swimming, but I realized that this is what I want to do. It's no longer that I'm following my siblings' footsteps. This was for me. You know, I, I finally chose swimming and, but I always loved being on the same team as my siblings. So it was never a point where I did not want to be at the pool. I did not want to, to swim. I mean, when I was little, I would like freeze to death in the water. So I, I would get out, I'd go in a hot shower. Like, of course there was times where I didn't want to be at the pool, but I always loved having my teammates and having my family being a part of that team. So it kind of made it easy to follow and fall into swimming naturally because I always felt so safe and so comfortable in the water and around the water that I never really questioned it. I never really thought I wanted to do anything else. Did you see yourself as uh, continuing it after college or becoming a professional? Did I ever see myself doing that? Hmm. Um, I definitely saw myself competing collegiately. I I knew that was, that was always a big goal for me. Um, but ISL was a huge, (laughs) huge shock. Like I never, never in a million years thought that I would have that opportunity. I, I, it was kind of something that fell into place and something beautiful came out of the unexpected when COVID hit and our, our last meet of the season in college got canceled. I was like, well, I guess, I guess that's it for me. You know, I'll, I'll hang up the cap and goggles. Like I definitely felt like something was unfinished, but at that point I was like, well, I mean, there's not much I can do here. I can wait for trials and swim there and trials was still like a year or so out. So I was kind of pretty prepared to, to call it quits and hang up the cap and goggles. And then I get a text from Jason Lezak and he was like, Hey, what do you think about ISL? And I was like, this isn't real. <laughs> it's like, there's no way that, that I'm actually getting this text message right now. And I, I talked to my family, I talked to Caleb and I was like, I don't, what, like, what do I do? I was like, I'm really excited about this, but I don't know if this is like, is this legit? Am I actually about to do this? And then the more I talked to Jason and Caleb and 
the more I thought about it, I was like, heck yeah, like I'm not ready to be done. I, I knew there was unfinished business with swimming. I knew that I had so much left to give and there was so much more that I wanted to get out of the sport. And I, I was still at the point where I was so, so in love with swimming that I, I, it just did not feel right to walk away from it. So having the opportunity to do ISL was kind of like, not closure, because I'm still not done with it, but it was like the piece that I needed to move forward. I was like, this feels like it was meant to be. This is definitely where I'm supposed to be. And I could not be more grateful. Still thinking back on that moment is like such an emotional feeling because it was something that I never dreamed that I would get the opportunity to do. So the fact that I got to swim under one of my biggest idols growing up, like Jason Lezak, it's still shocking to me. Like I see him every day and I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is, this is real. Like when I say hi to him, I see him on the pool deck and I I'm literally on a team with so many of the swimmers that I look up to, but now they're just like my teammates. They're like my friends. So it's just an opportunity that I never saw coming. And I'm just so thankful for it, honestly. So having, having gotten that opportunity to, to rekindle your career and, and really, um, I don't want to say finish it out cause it's not done yet, but you know, keep, keep it going. What are you enjoying about the the process yeah. of of swimming and and still swimming, continuing to swim now? Um, just from a personal standpoint, you know, obviously with ISL, so team oriented, you get to be around in that environment, and that's great. But what what do you personally enjoy about still swimming today? It's absolutely the team. The team is everything to me. I mean, from the start of college recruiting, that was like my number one priority was how do I fit in with the team. Where do I stand? Like, does it feel like home? Does it feel like family? Like, do I bond with these people? Because I mean, as you can see, like a well, like a cohesive team is going to be a, a fast team. They're going to have fun and they're going to get the work done. Like the Cali Condors was, was and is like a family to me. I've, I've said that from the start. I mean, we just all fit in so well with each other. And regardless of what background we come from, like, you know, we, I have my college rival teams competing under one little umbrella. So it's like really cool to see people from any different background, any country, any, anything coming together and still being able to bond and come together as a team is really something special. And that's kind of what I saw in UF. It felt like a family. It felt like home and it was something special, something you can't really put your finger on, but you just have this feeling like, wow, this is going to be something great. And that's kind of what the Cali Condors are. Like you can't really put your finger on it, but everything is just so organic, so natural, so easy within the team that it, it just feels incredibly special to be part of that. And I still can't believe it. Like I still can't believe I get to compete with this team, but it, it's just something really, really special to me. And, you know, you can, you can see it in the way that we race, you can see it in the way that we interact with each other. And, that's all I can ask for. Like, that's something that I love about swimming is swimming has such a close community of people that it just, it's not like anything else I've ever seen. So then conversely, um, did you compete at trials? Yes. Okay. So how do you, how do you feel like that went? Where do you feel like your head was at at that meet for you? Um, again, just with the context of that being a much more individualized event. So trials 
I had no idea what to expect. I missed the 2016 trials cut by like three one hundredths. So I was like, dang it. I still got to go. I still got to watch. I mean, so many, that happens to so many people. So I was like, I can't really feel sorry for myself. It was definitely a bummer, but that gave me that much more motivation coming into this trials. I was like, all right, I'm not missing out this time. Like I know I can do it. And um, so I was just happy to be there, honestly. And the fact that I got to have a front row seat to so many of my teammates making the team, I, I could care less how I raced, honestly. Like that, that in itself was the golden opportunity. That was what I wanted to go for. And obviously I was there to race for myself, but I had no expectations. I didn't put any kind of pressure on myself. Um, I mean, I, I raced the best I could and it wasn't exactly where I thought I was going to be, but you know, I, I wasn't really bummed out. I didn't really dwell on it too long because I knew I had ISL to look forward to. So it's kind of one of those things where you're going in with zero expectations. You're there to, to enjoy it. And that was kind of what trials was. It was all an experience. It was all a new opportunity. And I was just there to take in every moment and enjoy it as it came. You know, I, I wasn't going to add anything extra like, oh my gosh, you have to make this team. You have to do this time. I was like, all of that went out the window. I was like, I'm here. I want to be present. I want to be in the moment and I want to have fun doing it because it only comes around once every four years. So might as well take, take the opportunity as it is versus trying to make it into this big emotional stress ball. That's just going to not help anyone. So it was definitely a cool opportunity. And I was, I was really happy to be there and to be able to watch Kayla make the team again, Natalie, Olivia, all of those people. It was really special. I mean, it's such an intense emotional event. Like even when I'm not racing, you feel the emotion of every person's race. It's like, wow, whether it's good or bad, it's like it, it's a little more personal. And even though it's an individual event, it's still, you can feel the teams coming together. Like after someone makes their first, their first Olympic team, you can just feel the roar of the crowd. You feel the emotion. You see everyone going over to greet their teammates and, that's kind of what makes trials so special is like, it's such an intense emotional event that you can't really be disappointed after, you know, you kind of just take it for what it is. You get involved in that emotion, the excitement, and you just try to be present as best you can. Yeah. That meets exhausting. <laughs> that's, I don't, yeah. I'm not, I don't know any other yeah, way to no, put it. it. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. You, you, you said it wonderfully um, that you, there's a lot of emotion at that meet. It's really easy to get caught up in that emotion. I, I think um, I'm sure as a teammate, as an athlete, as a member of the media, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's so easy. And yeah. seeing, seeing everyone make the team. Um, was it, uh, what was it like watching the games themselves? You know, obviously, as you said, having your brother, having so many teammates or former teammates, just f friends in swimming, um, you know, seeing their ups and downs at the actual games. Yeah. I mean, it was different. Like in 2016, we actually got to go and be there. So to kind of be behind the screen watching it, I mean, we still cheered just as loud. And I, I think watching Caleb, it's kind of like we have this unspoken rule or thought that no matter how it goes, we're going to be proud of him no matter what. Like, yeah. This is the Olympics, but he's so much more than an Olympian. He's so much more than just a swimmer. And I think that goes the same for every athlete, regardless of how they do. Like, yes, they're going to feel that emotion, but let them feel that emotion. You know, don't, don't put your emotion on them as well, because they're going to feel happy or disappointed 
with their races. You know, it's, it's kind of as a family member, as a teammate, you know, you want them to know that they're still, they're still your teammate. They're still going to be your family member. Like you're still going to love them and support them no matter what. It's not about how they swim. That doesn't determine how you're going to treat them or how you feel about them. And I think that's the biggest thing in watching Caleb or watching any of my teammates. It's like, I'm going to be proud of you no matter how you swim, no matter how you compete. Like you might feel crap about yourself, but if you have a bad race, like I'm going to let you know that it's okay. Like everyone's going to have a bad swim. Everyone has good swims, but it's how you reflect on it after what you take away from it. That really makes the difference. And I think having a good support system like behind you definitely makes it makes it a lot easier, you know, knowing that you have people that are still going to to be behind you that are still going to support you kind of takes a little bit of pressure off because I feel like for some athletes, they feel like they have to step up. They have to win gold. They have to go this certain time in order to please people in order to get that um, that response. And I feel like it shouldn't really be that way. You know, you, you should be proud of them no matter what you should still treat them the same way you should you know still call them your teammate your friend your family that's <laughs> yeah that 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 is a probably a good rule of thumb um I, I was surprised i'm surprised that you didn't make a deal with caleb that you'd disown him if he didn't win five gold medals <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i shouldn't <laughs> no never i could never uh, uh, yeah, obviously that's, that's a, <laughs> that's a joke, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing it would be a pretty, pretty crazy just to watch that, as you said, but, but again, to be able to sp- support those teammates, support those family members in doing so. Um, and, th- and then you get to ISL and you get to hang out with these teammates get to hang out with these family mates. I know, uh, you guys took a day trip to Rome, I think. Yes, we did. Okay. Let's talk about that. I mean, you you guys have this, this huge chunk of time in Italy and, and you actually, as opposed to Budapest last year, you actually get to enjoy the country you're in for a little bit. Yes. Yes. That was like one of the first things that I pointed out. I was like, okay, one, we're here for less time Two, We actually get to go out and explore because Budapest was beautiful. I could, I could see it, but I couldn't go out and actually explore. So it was kind of you felt a bit isolated at times. I mean, yeah, you got to, you were kind of forced to be clumped with everyone, which is a good thing. I'm not complaining about that, but you have a little bit more freedom here. It feels a bit more relaxed, a bit more easygoing. I mean, it was so cool. Like this is my first time, obviously being in Italy, being able to explore and ISL is kind of the first time I've gotten to travel internationally. So um, yeah, going to Rome was awesome like it's kind of one of those things where it's a bit indescribable like you can take a photo and on the phone you look at the phone and then you look at what you're actually looking at and it doesn't compare like it's not the same so when I say it's beautiful it's like okay yeah a lot of things are beautiful but this is just one of those things that honestly leaves you speechless like the the structures that we saw like the history the culture the tradition behind it was just mesmerizing honestly and we ended up walking like nine miles or something like that Tip number one, do not wear flip-flops because I made that mistake and I still regret it, but it was definitely worth, worth seeing and worth going. And I'm, I'm really happy we got to, to have that bonding time as a team and to actually get to go out and explore because yes, we're here for swimming, but we're also here to, to learn more about, you know, the cultures that we're in, the different countries that we're in. Like, I, I love that. I love being immersed in other people's cultures and 
getting to learn about how they live and what they do and to see their history is such a cool thing. That's a perspective I've never heard about swimming before, <laughs> but that's, uh, I love that. That's a great one. Uh, do you, yeah. has, has there been anything about Italian culture thus far that has struck you aside from pizza, which I think we already knew? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like in the States, everything seems very fast paced, very rushed. And here I've noticed that they take their time, which is good. It's a nice difference to have because, you know, you sit down at a restaurant. It's like, okay, where's the waiter? Get our menu, get our food. And we're in and out. But here you sit down, you get to socialize, you get to enjoy the moment. You know, you get to have some pizza. You get to actually sit and relax and not have to worry about anyone rushing you. You know, it's nice to actually take a step back to just sit and be still and to be present in that moment. And that was like one of the first things I noticed is how relaxed they are, like how easy flowing everything is and how you can sit down at dinner for, okay, maybe three hours might be a little bit of a push. There was one restaurant where we weren't in a rush at all, but it got to the point where it was like, it felt like 1am in the morning. We were like, can we get a menu or something over here? And uh, it was still, it was still nice to actually sit and be with a group of people and not have to worry about anyone feeling rushed or pressed to get out. You know, it, it was nice. That, that sounds really nice. That's, that's one thing that annoys me about my own mind uh, more than anything is that having that, that American mentality uh, it's hard, right? It's, it's hard for me to be present a lot of the times. And I'm like, okay, I just need to sit down and relax and enjoy this moment. And then my mind just starts thinking about 10 other things like, Oh, I got to keep doing things. Do, do you <laughs> yeah. feel like it's hard to, to just sit down at a restaurant sometimes and be like, all right, let's enjoy this. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, yes, it depends on how hungry you are. Cause we're all <laughs> athletes. So usually when we sit down to eat, we're like, where's the food? Like I need 10 plates of food right now, but then you get talking, you get like relaxed, you get comfortable with just interacting with each other. I mean, I, I love to just sit and socialize and be with people. So you kind of take it for what it is. You can't really fault them for, for wanting you to just be still, to be present, to give you your space to socialize. Like, I, I love that. And another thing with like the fast-paced mentality is a lot of people think just being still and relaxing is, is lazy or you're not doing anything productive. But taking time to de-stress and relax is super productive. Like that's something that your body needs. So I think that's a big lesson here is like, okay, relaxing doesn't mean I'm lazy. If I'm taking time to just rot in my room or lay on the bed and watch TV for a couple of hours, like that to me is being productive because I know my body needs it or like taking a four hour nap. Okay. Like most people may not be able to take a four hour nap, but if that's what I feel like I need, I'm not going to guilt myself over taking what my body needs. Like rest is definitely still productive. Like it's something that you need to do. You need to take time for yourself. You need to take care of yourself. And I think that it's super important to just, like we talked about, be still, be present and try your best not to fast forward into the 10 other things that you want to do or you need to do throughout the day. Like it's so easy to get caught up in, oh, what's next? What do I need to do? Like I'm, I'm stressed out. Like your mind gets in this cycle where it's just going, going, going. It's like, you got to try everything to just cut it off, forget about what's happening next. Just be still, be present. And everything that's supposed to happen next is going to follow. Four hour nap. <laughs> Sounds nice. 
done that yet. I haven't done that yet, but <laughs> I feel like it's coming. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe after match number three for the for the Condors, I guess it's six overall. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, yeah, I know. <laughs> speaking of which, um, how are you feeling about heading into the rest of the season? You know, two matches down of the regular season, two mm-hmm. to go. You're, like you said, you're halfway. Um, what do you What are you thinking thus far? Moving into the latter part of this season, I mean, I'm super excited. I think we're in a great spot right now. But honestly, no one's really going to remember what you do in regular season. That's not. I mean, it's it's fun and it's definitely necessary to have this. You know, you get to compete with every single team. But I feel like when you're at semis or finals, you're going to look back and not really care or remember what you did in regular season. Like what, what counts is what you do later on. I mean, this is kind of more of the fun, exciting, like training period where everyone gets together, we go head to head and we're still going to do that later on. But, you know, I was trying to, I was talking to a few of my teammates who didn't have swims that they thought they were going to have. And I was like, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. It matters what you do right now, but no one's going to look back and remember the exact time or the exact place that you, you did here. Like what matters is how, how you react moving forward and how, how, what you learn from that and what you do going into the next few meets, you know, that's where it's going to count. That's where it's going to really make the most um, of a difference. And, you know, I think we're in a really good spot. We're all having fun. And I think that's all we can do moving forward is continue to have fun, continue to build each other up, continue to train hard and, you know, we only have two more matches in the regular season. So I say we make the most of it and we've had new athletes coming in almost every week. So I feel like the team's just coming together more and more. And that's just super exciting. And I mean, we have a few more people that are going to be in match three. So it's like, let's go. I'm excited to see how they do, how the team does. And, you know, whatever the result is, we're going to take what we can from it, learn from it and get ready for the next one. Well, Sheridan, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with me today. It's been, uh, just wonderful getting, getting to getting your perspective on the sport a little bit. Um, any parting thoughts for our audience before we sign off today? Uh, I mean, tune in and watch ISL. That's, <laughs> I'm trying to, to keep ISL building up as much as possible. Cause it's super important to keep the league going. We've got to have people watching and supporting us and, you know, it, it's great to be here and it's great to actually be involved in such an incredible league and to compete against athletes around the world and to get to travel. Like, this is one of the coolest experiences. And I'm really thankful that I got to talk to you today and to actually give a bit of uh, my thoughts on it as well. So thank you very much for having me. And I'm looking forward to these next few weeks and months in the ISL. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.